We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Hey, must be the money. Good drop. Getting pages out of New Jersey from Courtney B. Telling me about a party up in NYC. Joining us right now, my guy, Connor Hughes from SNY. And uh, we're both alumni of Monmouth University. Connor, what's up, man? You're on the fan. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And heck yeah, go Hawks. Yeah, I've been trying to get you on for a couple weeks. I, I mean, there's just so much that goes on week to week. With the Jets and the Giants, I follow all your work. I cover all of your um, or all the stuff that you cover. I end up like you know using your tweets on the fan. You and Zach Rosenblatt really are the the two sources that I have, uh, and I keep post notifications on for anything Jets and and Giants related. You guys do a great job, and obviously the conversation around both quarterback rooms is the main conversation. And who would have thought we'd be here in uh, week thirteen without Daniel Jones and without. Aaron Rodgers. So let's let's start with the Giants first. With Tommy DeVito getting the start after the bye week over Tyrod Taylor, in a sense, there's some people that feel like, hey, Tyrod Taylor's the QB too. He's a veteran. He's higher, he's much higher paid. You know, he should get that opportunity to come back in and start. He gives the Giants a better chance to win. But then there's a whole other argument for Tommy DeVito, who is coming off of back-to-back wins. And, you know, I said on on here that having the bye week to rest up and prepare for an opponent, we might see the best version of Tommy D. You stick with the hot hand, I believe, and I'm fine with them also, you know, looking into the future with with Tommy DeVito versus Tyrod. Tyrod's not going to be here next year. It's unfortunate what happened to him, but how do you feel about Dayball going with Tommy DeVito, the local guy, over, uh, you know, basically would have been benching him because he's been the starter and going back to Tyrod now that Tyrod's off of the IR. Yeah, I think it, I think it's the right call. You know, ultimately, you know what you have in Tyrod Taylor. You know, there, there's enough film out there. There's enough um, uh, uh, tape. There's there's enough games where you've seen him play where you know what you're getting in him. Uh, with Tommy DeVito, you don't. You know what I mean? There, there's still that unknown factor. And I think if you remove Tommy and you put Tyrod back out there, and maybe he got hurt again, or maybe he struggled, or things like that, there's always that unknown. And then you get into this weird little flip flop. Almost like the Jets are enduring right now, where you had Zach Wilson, you went to Tim Boyle, now you want to go back to Zach Wilson. It would have been one of those things. So I agree with what Brian Dable is doing here in terms of just ride Tommy DeVito, see what you can't do. And if he struggles immensely against Green Bay, if this 
uh, emotional roller coaster that they've kind of had where it's on that upswing, continues going up, awesome, continue to play him. But if it comes crashing back down and you see a guy that was undrafted for a reason and, and kind of just elevated to the active roster because of injuries and, and he suddenly starts, you know, the, 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 the hits midnight and he turns back into a pumpkin, well then, okay, go back to Tyrod Taylor. He's still there. You know what you have in him. So I think it's the right move. Uh, and also I think there probably would have been quite the uproar from this fan base that the Giants sent uh, Tommy DeVito to the bench uh, before they got a chance to see this one through. Yeah, you, you got to please the fans. You got to keep the fans in it. And if that gets a couple more fans there for Monday Night Football against the Packers, then so be it. And I just think it, it makes the most sense, like you just said. If, if DeVito struggles or he goes down, come on, Tyrod, come back in. And the other way around doesn't make as much sense. Now, there's a lot of conversation around tanking versus not tanking yeah. uh playoffs potentially being there i i just don't believe it i just you know i i keep talking about what i've seen the packers do the last couple weeks and i don't think that they can beat the packers but it's it's a weird kind of feeling right because there's some folks that are saying well if you're not tanking why don't you play the better quarterback the more established quarterback the veteran quarterback and if you're trying to win you know shouldn't you be playing tyrod taylor not tommy devito or you're not trying to win like it's 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 getting kind of confusing for uh, fans that are on both sides of the fence here. Uh, what do you think? I, I think that they're trying to win. I think the players have come out and said that the playoffs are still right in front of them. Uh, I think that the whole organization showed the last couple weeks before the bye that they're trying to win. I, I think you would agree that the Giants are all on the same page, that they're trying to be in the mix for the NFC playoffs. Yeah, I mean, give the Giants some credit. I mean, they they beat the hell out of the uh, out of the, the Commanders with the six turnovers and all that stuff. But uh, that that was also a Commander team that, from my understanding, knowing some people over there, those players have checked out. You know, the the golf clubs are already in their lockers, even though we're we're not even at Christmas yet. Uh, and then the Patriots, the team that the Giants barely squeaked by, they are probably in my not probably in my opinion, they are the worst team in the NFL, and the Giants barely squeaked by them. So. The the talk of the playoffs, I think it's I think it's cute, but I don't think there's any chance in hell that the Giants are going to find their way into the postseason. But when you go the flip side of that tanking, there is no such thing in the NFL. There there really isn't. I mean, there you you have these players that if they go out there and they just say like, okay, I guess we're going to lose, uh, they're not going to have jobs next year. You know, there's only 53 and then a handful of practice squad spots available. And if you turn on the film of a guy. And you see him not giving it us all. You see him not trying his damnedest whenever he's presented an opportunity. That player is going to be replaced in the draft and in free agency the ensuing year. And then he is not going to find another employer. So you, you can have teams that simply lose games because they are not that good. But if anyone in the NFL takes their opposition lightly and they sleep on them, that's why you get that old saying any given Sunday. Anyone can legitimately beat any team. I mean, dude. The, the Jets beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, that happened. That was a <laughs> thing that happened. They did that with Makes no sense. Sauce Gardner, right? Like, that's insane. Like, so, so, like, that stuff can happen because there is no such thing as there. There might be teams that are constructed in a way that they can't necessarily win or they won't win that often, but there's no team that takes the field trying to lose. That just doesn't, that doesn't exist in the NFL. So the Giants are going to keep trying to play. And also the thing about, like, oh, give Tyrod Taylor the best chance to win, I don't necessarily know if Tommy DeVito doesn't give the Giants the best chance to win. He's out there. He looks like he belongs. I mean, yeah. I've covered NFL quarterbacks that straight up stink and, and quarterbacks that can't play. And I'm not saying Tommy DeVito is a starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't think that. 
but he has shown that he can be a long-term backup and somebody who can be a spot duty starter. And he's already showing that as a rookie. So uh, Dable is basically just riding the hot hand. See how good this guy can play. See what you can't still get out of him. And if he fizzles out, then he'll go to Tyrod Taylor. TD, Tommy DeVito. He's found the end zone. I feel like these guys are riding with him. They like the vibe. They're throwing up the pinching hands and, uh, they've, yeah. they've played all into it. I've, I'm on record saying that it's, it's the best story we have in New York football this year. I'm rooting for the kid. I just think it's going to be tough to beat the Packers and even go down there to New Orleans and beat the Saints. I know they're struggling, but um, I just think it's going to be tough to get wins down the stretch with the Eagles twice and even a Rams team that's been really impressive. And that leads me to my next question about uh, a top 10 draft pick. Right now on Tankathon, the Giants are picking 7th, and they have them taking – Malik Neighbors, a wide receiver out of LSU. I mean, if you lose out the rest of the way, you might see yourself slip into that top five. And in my opinion, I think they have to take a quarterback because Tommy DeVito might be a good story and a potential backup, but I don't think he's your long-term future. And I don't know that Daniel Jones is going to be able to rehab and be ready to go for camp in week one. So this regime having an option of drafting their quarterback, Brian Dable is getting so much out of an undrafted quarterback in Tommy DeVito. Imagine what he could do with a Caleb Williams or a Drake May if they slip a little bit, or even if uh, you know pro days and combines work out for Jaden Daniels or uh, Bo Nix or Michael Penix Jr. And one of those guys is right there for the taking. What do you think about the, the Giants drafting a quarterback with their first round pick in 2024? I don't hate it. I, I don't. I don't hate it at all. I, I actually like it a lot. I think it's something that they should do, uh, and I thought it was something they definitely should have done if they were picking one or two, and, and they were going to have an option there for Caleb Williams or Drake May. When you get now to that like four, five, six, seven, eight spot, that's where it becomes a little questionable. Like I don't think you should take a quarterback simply be simply to take a quarterback. And I actually go back to the argument that I made. Uh, back when the Giants drafted Saquon Barkley, because Sam Darnold was there as well uh, for, for where that pick was with Barkley. And I remember saying, look, the pick should be the quarterback. 110%, 100 times out of 100. Unless Dave Gettleman evaluated Sam Darnold and the other options that were there at number two and said, I do not believe that that is a franchise quarterback. So if he looked at them, those guys and said, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback, you don't just take the quarterback to take quarterback. Then you go elsewhere. Now we can go down the hindsight route where someone was going to trade up to take a quarterback there. So you trade the pick. You don't take the running back at two. But still, that, that's, that's beside the point. Um, I think that the Giants, if they look at Penix or they look at Knicks or they look at any of these guys and they say, that's a legitimate, bona fide, no doubt franchise quarterback, you take them. Period. You do. And, 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 but if they look at them and they say no, there are going to be other options on this roster. And we've seen this roster has other holes that need to be filled. They could go offensive linemen. Now, I don't think you take a guard that early, but if they think that Evan Neal's future is at guard because of his struggles at tackle, you take the tackle, you kick Neal inside, and now you've got some really impressive pieces up there on the front. They could also use a cornerback because it's unlikely Adoree Jackson returns, and they don't really have anything else outside Deontay Banks. We don't know uh, if Xavier McKinney's coming back. They could look into that's probably a more of a second-round pick on a safety, but different things like that. Uh, there's there are holes on this Giants team where I don't think they could, they should just pigeonhole themselves into one spot. But one of the biggest ones is that you said is receiver. And, and if they keep losing, if they get up there, say to they're picking four or they're picking three. Because I think one and two are going to be locked in there with the Patriots and the Panthers. If the Giants are picking three or four because they rattle off another string of losses, I think they need to go quarterback or Marvin Harrison. And the only way you go Marvin Harrison is if you evaluate the quarterbacks and you say, you know what, I don't think these guys are franchise guys. 
I think is going to be so interesting, especially for us here at WFAN. I mean, coming off of the draft um, in Vegas uh, two years ago, you know, when when uh, you, you got Kayvon, you got Evan Neal, you got Sauce, you got Garrett Wilson. There was so much hype for that. And going into 2024 right now, there's a rivalry there, right? The Giants are going to be picking right next to potentially the Jets. I'm not sure which team finishes with a better record. And the Washington Commanders are going to be in there where if they take a quarterback or a lineman, like there's going to be some narratives uh, at play when we move forward. The, the narrative that came out this week and obviously at the um, the end of the game the week before with uh, Wink Martindale and Dable yep. and uh, these guys saying that they only fight over donuts and pizza, but there's clearly been some back and forth, some disagreements. And I read something about how um, – People believe that Brian Dable is going to let go of all of his coordinators, offense, defense, and special teams. And we know last year, Kafka and Martindale both had head coaching opportunities uh, in front of them. They interviewed for head coaching jobs. I think they'll have that again. Do you expect to see all three coordinators for the Giants replaced next year, new guys coming in under Dable and Shane? Yeah, so Kafka is an interesting one because he's not going to get an NFL head coaching job. I, I would be I would be stunned at that. I mean, I think his opportunity to be a head coach is in college, and I think that's probably an opportunity that he will explore if the right opportunity is there. The the wink thing is fascinating to me because they are he and Dable. I'm talking about they are very different people, and they have very different coaching styles, and they have very different personas on the sideline. I mean, whether it's the Giants are up forty nothing or they're down forty nothing, you look at Wink Martindale and he's calm. He's composed. He's talking to his players. He's teaching his players. And then you have Brian Dable, who is running around the sideline like a maniac, right? Like he is like the screamer, the yeller, boisterous. Like I go back to thinking about Tyrod Taylor walking off the sideline when he made the mistake at the end of the half against the Bills. Like that is Brian Dable 24-7. It's contrasting personalities. It's contrasting in the meeting room. It's contrasting in the building. When you're winning, it doesn't matter. When, when you're winning, everyone's happy. Everything was fine. You can brush it all up. When you're losing like the Giants are now, that's when those clashing personalities start to create friction. And you have these reports that come out, like Jake Glazer said, that there is enough tension there that, that there is a possibility um, that, uh, that, that that they could be letting Wink Martindale go. And I, I, I did crack up at the horde of people that came out that were like, no, this isn't true. This isn't true. Dude, you know, there are reporters in this, national reporters I'm talking about, that when they say something, you can almost take it as gospel. Schefter's one of them, and Glazer's one of them. Like that dude, the, the information he has when he reports something, it is as concrete as concrete comes. So uh, there's absolutely truth to that, and it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Wink Martindale coaching for another team or coaching for another team next year. And then, yeah, there's another swarm of, of assistants coming in. And what's so fascinating to me about that is that when you think about what made the Giants so special last year, and what we talked about, which made the Giants so special, it was how this particular coaching staff and this specific coaching staff was able to get so much out of so little. That they had no talent, but it didn't matter because of how well they were coached. And part of that is Brian Dable, yes. But it was the magic that they had within the building from everyone that was in the building. And when you're losing so many big pieces, like we're talking Casca, like we're talking Wink, uh, that's hard to just replace. It's not just snap your fingers and suddenly you get just as good of pieces in there. And offensively, I think maybe Brian Dable can... can sh- um, ease some of the concerns because of his offensive background he can pick up play calling but defensively I don't think you just let Wink walk out the building and then you say oh we're going to easily replace someone who's just as good because in my opinion Wink Martindale is one of the best defensive minds in the NFL and and the Giants are lucky to have him. We're joined right now by Connor Hughes NFL reporter for SNY covering the Jets and the Giants so let's switch and talk a little Jets right now. Oh, Oh the pain 
What a disaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, this season, coming off of last season, it's deja vu, but it's actually yeah. worse. Like, it's deja vu with the losing streak, but when you add the Aaron Rodgers dynamic and the spotlight and all the attention and him talking, and then the, the coaching staff being attached to him. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And a guarantee pretty much that they get a mulligan and run it back next year. So no one is, is even going to really be held accountable, we don't think, for the mess of this year. And we're still in the mess of this year. Today we hear that Tim Boyle has been cut, and that, you know, Zach Wilson, two days ago now, we hear that Zach Wilson is reluctant to retake the starting job. It's like, you can't make this stuff up that comes out of one Jets drive and the Jets organization. Uh, I don't even know what to ask you. I guess we'll start with the quarterback position as well. I expect Zach Wilson to start, but I don't know who to believe. I don't, I don't think that Zach Rosenblatt and, and Diana Rossini are floating that out there. How you just talked about Jay Glazer and Schefter, like when these people yeah, you can were, put Diana in there. You can put Diana in there. Yeah, when, well. when these people put their names on a report and they hit send on Twitter, they're not just fishing for stuff. They're not doing that to be uh, retweeted and, and followed. They yeah. got that from somewhere. So I believe that there was truth to Zach Wilson being reluctant to taking that that role again, whether it was an injury risk, whether his camp is looking out for his best interest, whatever it is, I actually was one of the only people on air that backed him. I'm like, good, push back, Zach. Push back and say you don't want to be the guy. But, I, I mean, I played football. I understand the team mentality. I understand that you got to do whatever for the team and whatever the coach asks of you. I just think it's a complete mess. And how much can you ask of this kid after being dragged through the mud for the last couple years, they're going to ask him to do it again. And if they lose the rest of the way out, he'll be the whipping boy again. And I just think that they're done with him. I think that they're going to draft potentially a quarterback in the first round too, and they'll try again with Aaron Rodgers next year. But what do you think about Zach Wilson? He's going to meet the media, um, and he's going to have to speak to this stuff. You guys are going to talk to him and say, hey, what happened? Did you walk into Rob Sala's office and say, I want the ball? Or were you reluctant? I, I, I don't know what to think. What do you think about Zach Wilson what? right now? It doesn't matter what he says because I mean the the whole the whole situation is that there's no way for them to tell the truth. Robert Sala could not come out when he did his Zoom call with the reporters on Monday and say, "Yeah, guys, you're right. This is a factual report because that is legitimately destroying Zach Wilson's future in the NFL." Uh, Zach Wilson can't come out and say, "Yeah, I was reluctant to play because it is destroying his future in the NFL." I think what has uh, everyone within the Jets so turned upside down by this report is that they are stunned that this got out. And when you listen to what Aaron Rodgers said today on the Pat McAfee show, when you listen to what 
uh, Robert Sala said when he spoke to us and then when he did some additional radio interviews, they never said the report was wrong. They never said it wasn't true. Uh, from Roger's perspective, he went on a, a, a very emotional, um, not tirade, but he, he was very emotional and passionate in speaking about how the Jets need to stop these leaks from coming out. And he can't believe that somebody reported that. Yeah. Not that it wasn't true, but he can't believe someone reported it knowing that this would basically be ruining Zach Wilson's career. But he never said it wasn't true. The same thing with Robert Sully. He spoke directly in the present saying, well, if he'd said it, he never said it to me and those kind of a things. But, you know, it's, they're, they're trying to dance around it because, again, Robert can't confirm the report. Zach can't confirm the report. Uh, Aaron can't confirm the report because if any of that happened, Zach Wilson's career in the NFL is done. Like, it is completely and totally done. No one will ever employ him, which is what's stunning that this got out. Like, it legitimately is stunning that somebody went out there and said it because there is no benefit to it from anyone. You know what I mean? Like, think about it, Keith. Yeah. Like, anyone who gets a story, anyone who gets a break, anyone, anyone who gets anything like that, usually there's you, you have to run it by. And one of the reasons why you get multiple sources to confirm things is there might be, like, a, a motive behind getting it out there. You know, someone's saying something because they want you to give them positive press to get them a promotion. They want to shift blame. They want to, you know, push it onto this person, not this person. They want to save their own ass, that kind of a thing. This, there was none of that, man. Like, this, this was, you put this out there, and it makes the Jets look bad because it's in terms of the same old Jets narrative of, like, oh, no, here we go. Oh, my God, the Jets have a quarterback that doesn't want to play quarterback. From Zach's perspective, it's a football player who is saying, I don't want to play football. Like, both sides don't look good. I think Zach definitely looks worse than the Jets doing this. But it's not an ideal situation. And then you have the blame game going around the building of who leaked this, why did this leak. So, it's just a total and complete yeah, cluster. You know what disaster. It's, yeah, bad. it's bad. It's, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube now. I feel like it's yeah. too late, right? Like, if there yeah. is an injury risk and the kid goes out there and gets hurt, it's like, well, it was in his head. Like, I don't want you can't play football that way. If you go out there thinking yeah. you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. And then also, like I said, when he meets the media and they ask him these questions, people are, are good at reading your, like, nonverbal cues. And I don't know if it was Zach's camp or another player. Aaron Rodgers added to it. Like you said, I watched... What he said on McAfee, he said he has a problem with it and they got to get, like he was speaking as if there's a mole in the uh, organization yeah. or, you know, like they got to get them out of there. And, you know, he spoke about the reporters like they're not your friends. Like, yeah, but they're also not your enemies. They're not out to get you. Yeah. They're not they're not trying to be negative. Like, this is a story. They cover the team. I don't yeah. know, man. I, I, I wish him luck um, because I do think he has a future. I do think that people will uh, be interested in him after this. I, I do think that he'll get an opportunity to play somewhere else. I just think it's done. I think the ship has sailed here with the Jets, and uh, I feel bad for the guy. Like I said, is anybody checking on his mental health? Uh, he's yeah. a 24-year-old kid that had a dream of playing in the NFL, and it's been a nightmare from the first time he stepped on the field. Yeah. And it just is, it's a revolving it, door, it, a vicious cycle. Yeah, and you know, I've, I've read this yesterday for SNY, is that, is that you can't, and I don't blame – Zach for feeling the way that he does, right? Because he was scapegoated. He, he was. I mean, when when the Jets went to Tim Boyle, what they were saying is that our offense is a disaster, our offense is broken, and our offense isn't working because of you, and if we change quarterbacks, it's going to get better. Yeah. They changed quarterbacks. It was worse with Tim Boyle, and it was way worse with Trevor Simeon. So now they're basically crawling back to Zach and saying, hey, buddy, my bad. We <laughs> need you to go back out there. So I get why he's I get why he's Yeah, I'd be I like, no. I get it. But at the same time, what's so – mind-numbing to me, and what I, I can't wrap my head around, even though I know it's true, is that almost every other athlete, when presented that situation, turns around and says, give me the damn job back, 
And then I'm going to give the middle finger to the organization and the middle finger to the coaching staff and the middle finger to everyone over there. And I'm going to ball out, play my you-know-what off, dominate on the field, and make you look like an idiot for benching me in the first place. And then I'm going to go get a job somewhere else and come back and continue to kick your you-know-what for the rest of my career. Uh, yeah, the fact that you're basically like, he's not wired you know, like that. I don't think he's that kind yeah. of guy. Exactly. But like then to just be like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like It's the, the Kevin Clark. Uh, was the one who tweeted out the thing. It's the the meme with the manager where he's like, oh, hey, yeah. your staff? that's the perfect way to describe it. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry to hear about that. Good luck, though. Like, the fact that they took that route is just, it, it really does blow my mind. And, and again, like, I don't think either side ever expected this to get out. You know, if this was Zach's stance and Zach expressed this to the Jets, the Jets were going to go with uh, Rippin. They were going to go with Trevor Simeon. Whatever they were going to do, they were going to go with someone else and continue to say the thing, look, we moved on from Zach. We're just going to let him develop on the side, blah, blah, blah. This never would have seen the light of day. The fact that the covers were pulled off on this, it just it just makes everyone, especially Zach, look so bad. And there's really no way to recover from this because if it's true, they can't say it's true. And if it's false, they're still not going to believe it because it's out there. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. again, Diana and Zach didn't source one person on this. Like, this wasn't one rogue employee who reached out to them. This was multiple people that they talked to on multiple levels. You want to know who initially struck the match? Yeah, that's the thing that everyone's annoyed about. But there was multiple confirmations on this from their side, which is what obviously you know brought forth the light why they, why they reported it. doesn't sound it. ridiculous to me. I jokingly was on last night like this kid's like, I'm not Mac Jones and you're not Bill Belichick. You can't keep benching yeah. me and, and, yeah. and then calling for me and then benching me and call like, – I've been the butt of every joke. I've been scapegoated. Enough is enough. My future here, there is no future here. I'm done. But you can't do yeah. that. You you get paid millions of dollars. It's a team game. And like you said, it just it wouldn't help his cause moving forward. But I do think he has a future moving forward. Now, as far as the Jets are concerned, I don't see them beating C.J. Stroud and the Texans. No. I don't see them beating uh, Tua and Tyreek and the Dolphins down in Miami. Maybe if they figure out some things, they can beat the Commanders at home. Uh, but the Browns, like, that's why I said I understand him not wanting to come back and play against Miles Garrett down the road. I wouldn't want any parts of that either. What do yeah. you expect? If they lose out, it is bad. You, If you lose out the rest of the way, somebody's got to be fired. Some yeah, heads have to roll. That's the caveat, is that right now, from my understanding, per you know, per, per, per sources, even though I know that's, that's like the... <laughs> oh, the don't be careful. Thing. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want the yeah, sources. Yeah, I got I to gotta let Aaron... Aaron Rodgers running the show. You, you might be uh, yeah. tagged as one of the sources, guys. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I got to tell Aaron why I'm, why I'm not dropping the names. No, you're, the you're the source on the, on the Jets media food that they serve you guys. Delicious. Oh, yeah, so, I'm like, how oh, do yeah. I get a credential to go over there just for lunch? Dude, it's worth it, man. Their building's unreal. Like their building really is unreal. But um, from my understanding, is is that you know, and I, I I'm talking about this on our show, on SNY show Jets Pots this week, is that uh, the patience is not something that the two Johnson brothers have. Christopher Johnson is not patient. Woody Johnson is definitely not patient. Uh, but from my understanding, they have absolutely no intention uh, of making any changes to Robert Sala and his coaching staff or Joe Douglas and the staff that he's built with the front office scouting department, all that stuff. They, they fully plan right now on bringing every single person back. And it's, it's, they have no intention of making any wholesale changes that uh, Christopher, I'm sorry, Woody Johnson, from what I was told does not want to blow it up. Like that is a direct quote. He does not want to blow it up. Like that is, that is his stance right now. If you end the season with 10 straight losses, uh, that's when I think things change. Like that is when that is when I I I don't 
I like Robert a lot. I like Joe a lot. I like a lot of those guys in that building. But but that is one where even the staunchest Jets supporter, it's hard to defend 10 straight losses. Like, that is something. Now, you look across the schedule, like you said, Houston. Like, yeah, I don't think the Jets are going to win that one. And, and honestly, Keith, it's because I like when, when I covered the Falcon game and then I came home, I was talking to my wife about it. And I said, I was like, you know, like she, was, she basically said, she goes, why are you surprised they lost? And I was like, well, this is the game that they were supposed to win. Like this, like this was the one where the Falcons. Desmond Ritter, yeah. Their offense stinks. Like this was the game the Jets were supposed to win, and they couldn't even beat the Falcons. Why do you think, and why would anyone now think the rest of the way that they should beat anyone? Like you mentioned Washington, right? You don't think Washington's looking at the Jets like, oh the yeah, that's way. our yep. game. You know what I mean? I guess the Patriots at the end of the year, because that would probably be the ultimate uh, last parting gift for Bill Belichick to give the Jets an extra win uh, to ruin some draft pick that they're trying to go for top three, top two selection. But uh, yeah, he'll be locked into that top two by then. And I think he's spiteful. He'll want to keep the streak going against the Jets. Yeah, if he's locked into a pick, then yeah, he's going to want to beat the Jets. He'll want to beat the Jets. But no, I think that I think that's the tough thing is that it's hard. It's hard to find the games the Jets are supposed to win because this stretch of games they just played was supposed to be the easy portion of their schedule, and they've lost five straight games. So there's there's no point anymore where you can say the Jets should beat anyone or circle this game, this is where they'll get a win, because every single one of the teams of the NFL that are the bottom feeders, they right now are looking at this Jets team, a historically bad offense, and saying, yeah, we can get our win here. What a disappointment. I, I got nothing else. I just I'm rooting for Zach Wilson to come back and the Jets offense to score touchdowns and at least be competitive. I'm rooting for the Jets to be competitive too, but I think there's a lot of losing this month in December football and and yeah. uh I, I just think that both teams are gonna be in the top ten, maybe even close to top five picking in the draft next year. And this was a season we were expecting them both to potentially be playoff teams. Yeah, when when do pitchers and catchers report? <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. already on. To, everybody's like, enough with the football, Keith. Yeah. Talk about the winter meetings. And I'm like, yeah. hey, it, it, we're still in it. We still got to It's December football. It's supposed to be a good time, but oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've, you know, I've been saying I've been covering this this uh, this market and and these teams since 2014. I've been waiting for December to remember. I guess I got it a little bit with the Giants, but even then, you knew that was fool's gold. Like you knew once they really got into the playoffs, they were gonna get smacked. Yeah. All right, last thing, how's your daughter? My son was born April 13th. I know your daughter was born right after. Yeah, um, dude, it's awesome, isn't it? It's, it's, it's crazy like, how it's gotten to the point that they're not screaming and kicking, and now they're more like a like a kid, like a little, a little yep. baby. You were bolder than me. You were taking your daughter out golf into the bar. Yeah. I was terrified. Yep. I was terrified yep. in the summer to take my son anywhere. Oh, uh, no, that was my thing. I was like, I'm a social person, so I was like, you know, if I'm going, she's going. And That's she's probably it. used like, to it now, right? Gets in the oh, car yeah. seat, gets in the stroller. Uh-huh. Dude, she, she doesn't she doesn't care at all. We just took her to see Santa for the first time. My wife is like, you know, you think she's going to cry? You think she's going to freak out? I was like, that baby's handed to people all the time. She's just going to look at him as someone else. Sure enough, that's exactly what she did. Yeah, she's used to it. I got to work on, on my boy and get him used to it because we'll, yep. be, we'll be in shop, right? He'll look around and then he'll just, ah, put yeah. me back <laughs> in the car. Yep, yep. <laughs> Connor, you're the man. I appreciate you. Have a good night. Thanks for joining you, us, bro. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.